Hey, what's going on, bro mitzvah? It's your boy Jerry, the TR Expert Washington, and I'm here in the basement of General Fitness Company Studio recording episode number 78 of the TR Expert Talks. And today we're going to go a little old school, but new school. We're going to be talking about your caveman brain and how your reward biases help motivate you to achieve your goals. But anyways, before we get started, though, it really means a lot to me that you listen to this podcast. In fact, I really appreciate that you are spending your time listening to this podcast because you could be anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with me. So I really appreciate that. In fact, I'd appreciate even more, though, if you would share this podcast. If you don't share it, at the very minimum, I'd love it if you would give us a rating or review on iTunes, because that would be really cool. Because the more ears that hear this, the more mouths that will talk about it, and the more that we can spread our word and positivity and help some people out. So anyways, let's go and get this show on the road. Episode number 78, Your Caveman Brain. Lego. So did you miss me? Yeah, I missed yesterday. Sorry about that. That was a, uh, it was one of those uh, things that just didn't work out. I was gonna actually do an interview with my uncle Galen, who is a uh, producer, who is one of the main producers for ESPN. He actually uh, runs, more or less runs NFL Films, and he, uh, NFL Films is located in New Jersey. So he flew out here from California to do some work, and uh, we met yesterday. And I was hoping that we might be able to get a little interview. But um, it didn't work out that way. We went out for dinner, and pretty much we got tired, and we we're like, ah, next week. So he's gonna be back in uh, town next week for the Eagle, the home opener, or for excuse me, for the season opener in Philadelphia. So yeah, even better. He'll be here in Philadelphia, so we'll probably be able to do a little something, something. So stay tuned for that next week. But anyways, uh, today we're gonna be talking a little bit about your brain. Yeah, buddy. We're gonna be talking about those chemicals, those hormones that are rolling around in your brain and making you do what you do. So the, today we're gonna be talking about this thing called dopamine. Yep. Dopamine is one of those uh, uh, chemicals that helps you uh, feel happy, essentially. There's a couple other chemicals, but today we're going to be talking specifically about dopamine. Dopamine is one of those things that, essentially, you can uh, create it on your own. You don't need any help for, uh, from anybody. You don't need anything on the outside to help you get that dopamine. Essentially, what you can do is um, stuff like uh, running and exercise in general help you release dopamine in your system. But there's also things that are uh, not so healthy to help you release dopamine. Um, sex, well, sex is, I guess it's one of those things you can do it with other people and by yourself, technically, <laughs> but that releases dopamine, but also things like uh, certain drugs release dopamine as well as cigarettes and drinking. So there's some good, uh, good things that you can get, uh, that you can do that help you with dopamine. There's also some very bad things. What I want to talk to you specifically about is why you release dopamine. So reason why we have dopamine, you know, back in the days when we were cavemen, not you and I, but you know, our ancestors were cavemen, uh, they had they had to survive, and essentially what happened is that their, their DNA evolved so it would help pop propagate itself. So inside of our body, it leaves these little organisms called DNA. We're not going to go into that completely, but essentially the DNA has a little mind of its own, and it wants to propagate itself. It wants to replicate itself. It wants to um, make more of you, more or less. So how it does that, it um, motivates you by doing those things or helping you do those things that help you live longer, live healthier, and make more of you. <laughs> so things like, you know, making babies, having a um, healthy lifestyle, and food, <laughs> eating in general, actually help you release dopamine. So all those things that help us essentially live longer and live healthier, and like as I said, uh, those other things like smoking and drinking and doing drugs, they all release dopamine. Essentially, it's like your happy hormone. 
or your reward hormone. So uh, what it does, what, why re- release hormone, what the historical value of it is that what it did is that when you found like a food in the wild or whenever you found, or like whenever you came across an area where you had found food. So actually, let me back up a little bit. So when you eat food, you release dopamine, right? And when you release dopamine, you actually your, your, your memory goes up just a little bit. So when your memory goes up, you remember where you got that food. That's why the dopamine is released. You're like, oh, I'm happy. Why am I happy? Look at my environment. Oh, this is where I am. Okay, I'm going to put this in my mind and I'm going to continue to come back here so I can be happy. <laughs> so that's essentially what it, uh, what it does. It rewards you and makes you um, feel like you want to do something before you actually do it. So if we didn't have this, like you would just sit around all day and pretty much not be motivated to do anything. You would be motivated to be hungry when you are hungry. But the problem is if you're hungry, if you're motivated to be hungry when you're already hungry and if you don't have food sources around, like back in the day, our ancestors didn't have like refrigerators and stuff, you know, they didn't have like berries just hanging out next to them. And, you know, they didn't have food that was uh, they can just go to a grocery store and just pick up. They had to hunt it and gather it and all that stuff. Yeah, you know how it goes. So what happened is that they would have this motivation. They'd release the dopamine in their mind before they would go out to eat, so it would motivate them to go find that food. So dopamine is released in your system shortly before uh, stimulus and, uh, you know, when you think of the stimulus and obviously after the stimulus. So um, it helps you mo- helps motivate you to go get food and it helps you feel happy that you got the food. So how that works, you know, like it's, it, I know it's like, wait, what does this have to do with anything, right? What does this have to do with me, Jerry? Well, this is what it has to do with you. As I said before, your, body, your mind actually visualizes these things. Your mind thinks about them before you actually do them. That's where that, that whole you know, motivation reward thing goes. So in the gym or in everyday life, uh, what you can do to get you to your goals, because essentially the reward is your goal, you're eating your food is your goal, or making babies is your goal, or making money, or whatever it is is your goal. If you have a goal, the key to making your goal happen is to write it down. Writing it down is our visual stimuli or is our visual replacement for what we want to get or for our goal. So like back in the days, maybe you saw the area where you caught the food and your brain would go, woo, that's where the food is. And then you go get the food and then you'd be happy. Or you'd see a woman that was like, or a cave woman (laughs) that was pretty and you'd be like, or had big hips because that was like the thing. If you had childbearing hips, you're like, yeah. So um, you saw a pretty cave woman with childbearing hips, your brain would go, what? Or if you're a woman, we'll go woman too. If you're a woman, you saw a strapping young man, you would be like, oh, I got to procreate with him. And I actually, side note for you, side note, you know about like how women, like their cycles all match up, right? Like all their cycles match up if they get in the room. And it's not arbitrary. It's not just like, you know, it picks one person and everybody kind of goes to that one uh, one person is actually a little bit more scientific than that women can sense the pheromones and they can sense who the alpha female is right so when you have an alpha female in the room or you know living conditions obviously not everybody's <laughs> i don't think that's not how i don't i'm pretty sure that's not how it works you don't just walk into a room with alpha female and all of a sudden oh <laughs> i think it takes a little bit of time but um 
women that are staying together, living together, or in the same close quarters for a long period of time, their uh, cycles sync up. And the reason why that happens is because back in the day, back when we were cave men and cave women, used to find the alpha female. And the alpha female, everybody would sync up with the alpha female. And the reason why that is, is because if the alpha female was off the market, you know, if she was, you know, going through her cycle, you didn't want other people that were not alpha, you know, the people that don't have, may not necessarily have the best genes. You didn't want the alpha males mating with them because then you wouldn't propagate the, propagate the DNA as well. If you do propagate the DNA with somebody that's not a uh, alpha female, then your likelihood of having a male or female or having a baby that maybe was, wouldn't be as strong or wouldn't be as healthy would increase. So back in the days, that's the reason why that happened and our bodies and our minds still link up that way. You know, the alpha females, their cycles will rule the house or room or wherever the women are staying together and every cycle will match up with that one. Just so the human race stays as strong as possible, more or less. <laughs> so that's kind of how it goes. So if you're a female and you've noticed that your cycle has changed, uh, chances are that you've been in the vicinity of an alpha female. So that's a little side note for you. Anyways, back on topic here. So um, you got to write down your goals. So like when it comes to working out, um, if you're looking to say lose weight, if you're looking to lose 30 pounds, I would say it's great to know obviously lift weights, exercise, eat, eat the proper foods, but also write down your goal of losing 30 pounds it is so important because having that I mean, obviously, it keeps you, it keeps it in your memory. You know, you can see it as a constant reminder. But also, as I said, it's a visual, a stimu visual stimulus for your mind. So your mind actually um, is motivated by that, and it helps release those motivation hormones, and it helps you do those things on a consistent basis to help you reach those goals. If you want to lose thirty pounds and you don't write it down, you have more of a likelihood of not doing the things that'll get you to those thirty pounds. You might be more likely to eat carbs. Um, when you shouldn't, or you might skip a workout. There's a lot of the other things that might happen that will set you back from your goal, but those are things that you want to consider when you're actually setting a goal. It's like not only do you want to do the action, but you want to write it down so your brain can be on par with your body and everything's working together in unison and you can get your goal. Well, anyways, I don't have really have anything else for you today. I don't really have a conclusion. Uh, that pretty much is the conclusion. Essentially, just write everything down that you want to achieve and you will achieve it. Not because it's magic, but it's literally biology. It's science, broham. It's science. Well, that does it for my day. I really appreciate you listening. You know, I'd also appreciate if you would share this podcast. Check me out on the boot camps every Wednesday and Friday. The Kenwood Trail. We'll be moving our location relatively soon, so stay tuned. But anyways, we'll talk to you soon. I hope you have a great day, and as always, keep good company. Mm -hmm.